your children then you hear your children now you are the same God you are the same God you answered prayers back then and you will answer now you are the same God you are the same God
Good morning, and welcome to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris this Sunday morning. We are excited. You are here. If you want to turn to your neighbor, give him a wave, a handshake, let him know that you are happy to see him. Tell them you look good today. We have some announcements and some events that we want to make you aware of this morning. Before we get started, we have the youth pastor will be preaching and so it will be a great time. <laughs> and then on the 20th, <laughs> Brother Mike, you're cracking me up on that one. Uh, on the 20th, we have our Ladies United Fellowship, and the sign-up sheet is in the foyer. So make sure, ladies, if you're interested in that, that you make it to the foyer, sign up, let them know who is coming. And then on the 23rd, we have Tanner and Kylie's wedding shower. That is, yeah. That will be at the Family Center at 6.30 p.m. on the 23rd. You do not want to miss that. And then on the 25th, we have our crew hangout. And it's going to be also at the Family Life Center at 5 p.m. on the 25th. And the sign-up sheet is in the foyer. We have on the 26th, our monthly mission pledge is going to be due. And then online registration for Ladies Joy Conference is open. And we have our Mother's Memorial pledge cards that are going to be due on July the 1st. You don't have to turn in your money yet, but you can turn in your pledge card as fast as you can. So that way we can kind of get a count of what we are giving to our mother's memorial offering. And then also, we have, we are closing out our strawberry fundraiser. I would like to thank everybody who has already donated, everybody who has already helped out, everybody who has already volunteered to give their time on Tuesday to help with the, the dipping of the strawberries, the packaging of the strawberries, and the delivering of the strawberries. And so if you're thinking to yourself, wait, I haven't volunteered yet. Good. Today's the day. So if you want to help out in any way on Tuesday, we're starting bright and early. Um, what time is it? Five usually? Six? What time does it do we usually start? Five? Five o'clock. Get with Sister Joanne. She will be the ringleader of this crew. And we want everybody that can help to be there to help. So it'll be, it's a, honestly, it's a great time. It's a great experience to work together, to put these strawberries together, to deliver them out to the community, and to also just help our youth and raise the funds. And so if anybody is at all interested, or if they can't volunteer their time, but you want to donate monetarily, we encourage that as well. And so if you want to volunteer, get with Sister Joanne or get with myself, and we will connect you, and we can get moving. That is all of the announcements for this morning, so let's stand up. 
And let's get ready to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning. Amen. of praise right now before we hear any songs god you're worthy of the praise thank you god for the opportunity to get to worship you clear our minds god clear our hearts so that you can do what you want to do have your perfect will in this place jesus 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 in jesus name oh yes god is rising from the
children then you hear your children now you are the same god you are the same god you answered prayers back then and you will answer now you are the same god you are the same god you are providing you are providing now you are the same god you are the same god you move in power then
only reason we're here. Let's lift our voices. Lift your hands. Praise God. From the depths of our heart, let's worship the Lord. to be on this Sunday morning. We want to take our prayer request. We want to go to the Lord this morning for Mark Johnston, Sister Renee Flowers, Sister Shirley Henson, Tommy Shelton, Kelly LaRue, Don Parsons, Charles Flemings, Alex Stevens, Lois Weems, Jonathan Crawford, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, Billy Bolton, Brother and Sister Trinata, Brother and Sister Proctor, Nelson and Missy Miller, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bristow, George and Mildred Pratt. We want to pray for our nation this morning, for all of our leaders, economic leaders, political leaders, and social leaders, all of the area pastors, and let's never forget the nation of Israel. Praise God. What a glorious morning to be in the house of the Lord. In Saturday evening prayer meeting, we have been studying and going over the seven churches of Asia Minor, and we dedicate 20 to 30 minutes after the prayer meeting to the one of those subjects and if you would like to come I, I would try to to do my best to explain a lot of revelations to you I don't know a whole lot but in 1966 I started studying prophecy so somewhere along the way there's an old saying you know that a blind hog find an acorn if he roots around long enough. Well, I've been around long enough that I've caught on to a few things that Revelation teaches. I'm a long way from knowing all of it, but I'm thankful for what God has trusted me with. Praise God. Praise God. If you'll stand with me. about to occur in this world. The rapture is about to take place. I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. May I encourage you this morning that you would move closer to the Lord because he said, I'm coming in an hour that you think not. 
folks, if you'll look around, this world is running to and fro. They don't seem to be concerned about the rapture of the church. But I am concerned for my family, my friends, my loved ones. Folks, the rapture is about to take place. Take it from an old man's lips that's lived many years and seen many things happen. But we're coming up to the end of the third chapter of Revelations, and that's the end of the Laodicean church. And the next verse, the next chapter is four, and the first verse, John said, and after this, after the last church, and that's the church we're living in, Laodicea, he said, after this, I heard a voice, and I looked, and there was a door open, and a voice said, come up here. That's the voice of rapture. Folks, we're at the end of the Laodicean age. The next words that we're going to hear is come up here. And I want to be, I don't want to be tone deaf. I don't want to be totally deaf. I want my ears, my spiritual ears to be wide open because I got to make the rapture of the church. If you have a need in your body, come right now as we go to the Lord in prayer.
fear today. You're not welcome in my mind. You're not welcome in my heart. Oh, Jesus. I feel the joy of heaven upon this place descending. Peace passing understanding. What shall I hear? You are my soul's protection. My shield and my defender From now until forever What shall I be? Through trial and tribulation So still my soul's salvation I sing and celebration What shall I be? Through trial and tribulation 
you for the spirit we've already felt in this place today. I thank you for who you are and what you are doing. And God, I pray that you move in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I am so glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And I am thankful for the precious blood that he shed for us. That's something that will never get old, amen. If it wasn't for his blood, where would we be this morning without his mercy and grace? I just had some old songs on my heart this morning. Worship with me.
on a Sunday morning. Come on, church, if it wasn't for his blood, if it wasn't for that atoning blood, we wouldn't be here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, lend your voice to God this morning. I give you praise today. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful for the blood today? Amen. Without his blood, we shouldn't even be here this morning. Amen. But because he bled and he died on Calvary, that gives us opportunity to have access to him. Scripture says we can come boldly before him to his throne of grace in the time of need. And the blood gave us that access. Amen, amen. Do you want to say it is so good to be in church this morning with God's people? And this is the greatest day of your life. Because this is the day you've been given. Amen. Make the best of this day. Amen. My, my, my. What an honor it is to be here today. Love and appreciate Pastor and Sister Meyer and uh, his confidence in us to come this morning and minister. And uh, my pastor is actually taking care of our church back home this morning. And uh, so I thank him for that. But I give honor to Brother and Sister Meyer who have made incredible impacts on my life. And I first started coming to Paris in 2007 in Bible college. And um, I went, quote unquote, for theological reasons, but I went for a wife. <laughs> and I, I found the prettiest thing there and still the prettiest thing today. And I love and appreciate my wife. I was thinking a few minutes ago as this praise team led us so capably into the presence of the Lord. The Holy Ghost is in this house in case you didn't know it. And um, I couldn't help. I was looking at your prayer screen, the names on the list. And I saw Brother, Brother Bolton's name on the list. And um, I was here five years ago. Last time I preached on a Sunday and I preached on a Wednesday here a couple years ago. And five years ago, I have a picture of he and I on my phone from October the 14th of 2018. And um, very few people have ever made an impact on my life like he has from, from a distance. There's power in your praise and in your worship. I can, I can remember, and you all know this more than I do, but I can remember many a Sunday nights, Pastor Meyer finished preaching, it was time to go home. And I'd see him at the front, grab somebody's hand. And all of a sudden, it looked like he plugged into a 240 somewhere. And he started hucking and bucking and praising and shouting and screaming. We can't lose that in the apostolic church, folks. That's the kind of stuff we need. And then I saw... Jana Leverton's name of Thayer when I was in Abilene. Brother and Sister Leverton had just retired from the church in Abilene. I never will forget on a Sunday morning. I just finished preaching that Sunday morning. For some reason, my parents were here that morning, and my dad told me, he said, who was that girl, that lady back here? I said, oh, Sister Leverton. He said, she told me this morning she saw the glory of the Lord as it descended in the house in a blue haze. Folks, don't ever let that become foreign to you. The Holy Ghost. I know we can't see him perhaps with our physical eyes, but I can feel him even here right now. I feel his spirit moving. And that same glory that was there in that old building is the same glory that's in this building. And whatever you have need of today, you've come to the right place at the right time. 
Amen. Wow. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. I am mindful of the time. It is 1045. And um, Pastor Meyer contacted me several weeks ago saying he'd be out of town, asked me to come. Very seldom the church I pastor does mess, do messages come a week in advance, two weeks in advance. But when Pastor Meyer contacted me that day, within three days, the Lord had spoke to me what I was to preach this morning and what I was to preach tonight. And um, I believe God wants to speak to us today. With the grip of the honor you serve, I love and appreciate you very much, you and your sweet wife. Give my in-laws honor, my brother and sister-in-law, love and appreciate them. Psalms chapter 46, a very familiar <clears throat> scripture. Psalms chapter 46, verses 1 through 5. We could all quote this first part. The psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Verse 4 is where we'll take our text this morning. Thomas said, There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst or in the middle of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right earlier, it just simply means God's going to help her at the breaking of the day. My subject title this morning, if you like titles, and I, I do too, my subject title is the first four words of Psalm chapter 46 and 4 when the psalmist said, there is a river. There is a river. Let us pray this morning. God, I thank you for the Holy Ghost that's in this house. I thank you for the praise team that led us into your presence. I thank you for the power that I've felt in every part of this service. Now, Lord, help us, I pray, to say what needs to be said in a short amount of time. Anoint our minds, our ears, our hearts to hear. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Everyone said amen. Why don't you clap your hands one more time before you're seated this morning. God, we love you. God bless you in Jesus' name. You may be seated this morning. There is a river. Give me a few minutes today just to lay some groundwork this morning. It's important that we notice right at the outset of Psalm 46. The scripture lets us know that in the middle of the shaking of the mountains that look like they're going to fall on them. In the middle, as the psalmist would say, as the roaring of the waters are coming over us, it looks like they'll push us over or drown us. The psalmist said it was trouble on every side, or in good old northeast Texas way of saying things, it would read like this. It seemed as if our world was falling apart. It felt like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Anybody ever been there before? It seemed like my back was against the wall and I had ran out of options. Yet the psalmist said, Brother Griffith, in the middle of that, there is a river. 
In Psalm 46, the author reflects upon the greatness of God in the midst of adversity. He emphasizes how strong the protecting care of God proves to be in his difficulty. He tells us that though it feels as though the earth is shaken beneath you, the psalmist draws strength from this truth that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. Now this ever-flowing river, it represents God Himself and the peace that He provides to His people. If you study history, especially ancient history and ancient days, citizens of a city lived within powerful protective walls. And when foreign invaders surrounded the city to attack, they would attempt to cut off the water supply by damming up the river. Once no water was flowing into the city, the people would become so weak that they would become easily defeated. Or they would die for simply lacking water. So they understood and they knew that having access to water from a flowing river during times of a siege was critically important to their survival. Now we don't know the specific background of this particular psalm in Psalm 46, but it is a time in which a foreign army had surrounded the city of Jerusalem and in the face of this threat, the people trusted in God's protection and He won the victory for them. But it's with this particular context that the psalmist says that there is a river that is constantly flowing into the city of God that's representing and the sustaining refreshment and steadfast hope that only He can give. Now keep in mind this is written and this is spoken from an Old Testament mindset but we know that according to Scripture that the Old Testament was just types and shadows of things that were to come in the future. I say that to say this, that when the psalmist says in Psalm 46 and 4 that there is a river, he was speaking in a poetic type way. He was not speaking of a literal river because in the previous verses the psalmist describes this chaotic scene of mountains and waters with this poetic language and he's signaling these are devastating times for these particular people. He's saying their trials, they're like mountains that have come crashing down upon them. Their troubles are like the waters of the sea that are tempest-tossed. And in like manner, this river is just metaphorical and it represents the flow of God's peace and strength into their lives during times of great tribulation all around. One thing to note is when the psalmist says there is, he is speaking in a present tense. There is a river. It was not a there was or there will be, but there is a river. He said every moment of every day there is a constant flow of life giving water into the lives of God's people. It is a steady stream of grace. It is a flow of sustaining peace, joy, and power that enables us to go through trying times in a triumphant way. Now we also know that the psalmist was speaking of, in a sense, prophetically of what would come when he says there is a river. We know that the river he spoke of was the same river that Jesus spoke about on the last day of the Feast of the Tabernacles. In John chapter 7 he would say, in the last day, that great day of the Feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, 
Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow what? Shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. In Psalm 46, the psalmist tells us of this peaceful river. But on that New Testament day, Jesus lets us know that this river that he's talking about in the old is fixing to be something that lives on the inside of you in the New Testament. This river is not just going to come when you need help, but this river is going to live in you and it's going to be a well that springs up unto life everlasting. Jesus would speak again of that river that was to come in John 14 and he would say, And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even, everyone said, the spirit, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. He, for he dwelleth with you and he shall be in you. Just stay with me a few minutes here. Christ asked his disciples in Matthew 16, who do men say that I am? They started naming. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're a great teacher. And Peter, the guy who's always getting in trouble, he pipes up and says, thou art the Christ. And Jesus answered and said, Simon Peter, you've, are, you've answered correctly. He said, because of this, I'm going to build my church upon your revelation. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you, Simon Peter, the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now watch the river as it begins to operate. It's John chapter 3. Nicodemus is a religious man. He's intrigued by this man, Jesus. He's not sure what he's all about. He just knows he has to be a prophet because nobody could do the things he does save a prophet. And the scripture says he comes to Jesus by night. And notice how Jesus deals with Nicodemus. He says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now follow me, Christ dies on Calvary. He rises from the grave three days later. He tells his followers at his ascension that they are to go and to dwell in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says while they're sitting there, while they've been praying, Scripture lets us know that for the first time in history, they're fixing to get introduced to a river. That's going to flow on the inside of them and it's going to be noticeable by everybody on the outside of them. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. The Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them. Here it is. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. 
Other folks, the Bible says, they were mesmerized. But how are these men speaking our languages? These are all Jews and they know our language. But Peter, the Bible says, he stood up with the 11 and said, Hey, listen, guys, these guys here, they're not drunk as you suppose, seeing them. It's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, saith the Lord, in the last days, I will pour out the river. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Peter preaches. The Bible says he gets to a very, at the apex of his message. The Bible says all of a sudden he turns and he says, you guys are the ones that killed him. You crucified him. You're the ones that took his life. And the Bible says the gospel sword called conviction got in their hearts. And they said, oh, what must we do? And Peter said, I'm glad you asked. You want the river? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says it was a pretty good revival. That same day, 3,000 were added to the church, and the river began. Now, I'm I'm not going to bore you with Scripture. Just let me lay this foundation. Hear me. That's been 2,000 years ago. And that river has continued to grow. Hundreds upon hundreds of millions, yea, even billions have experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost, this river speaking in tongues. Anyone remember where you were the night you first got it? If you don't, you may want to get it again. Huh? Anybody remember where you were the first night the Holy Ghost filled you and you spoke in tongues for the first time? I can take you to the place I was standing in a small little church in Bonware, Texas and all I can say it was like a river came out of my soul. I couldn't control it. Nobody taught me the language. It was the Holy Ghost speaking and I'm so thankful he filled me and he's kept me these 30, nearly 7 years. So hear me today when I tell you that Christianity The church, we cannot make it without the Holy Ghost. If we don't have the river, you know what we got? We got dead religion. We cannot make it without the river. We cannot make it without the river operating through and in our lives. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, Paul tells us, I'm going to insert river every time he says spirit because in New Testament, anytime the spirit's in operation, it's a river. It's a spirit. It's a flowing thing. Scripture says, but you, me and you, we're not of the flesh, but we're in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of the river of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the river... He's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the river is life because of righteousness. But if the river of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the river that dwelleth in you. Can I tell us again? You cannot make it without the river. Now this ain't my notes, but I feel in the Holy Ghost to say this right now. Hear me somebody. The Bible says you're saved by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. 
It's not a one and done deal. Every once in a while, you need God to baptize your brains, baptize your spirit until he takes control of that unruly member in your mouth called the tongue. The Bible said it'll set hell on fire because the tongue is so wicked. We need the Holy Ghost operating in our churches, in our lives. Someone clap your hands to him right now. Amen. If you've obeyed the gospel, that river lives on the inside of you. And I've got good news for you this morning. That river, that Holy Spirit has whatever you need, even on this Sunday morning. You want to know something powerful about this river? Anybody ever seen the Mississippi? Yeah. After church today, don't do it now, but after church, get on your phone and find the Mississippi River and zoom out and look at where it starts in Bina, Minnesota at Atasca National State Park. At Atasca State Park is the mouth of the Mississippi. It's 18 feet wide and it's knee deep. Say that again. The mighty Mississippi. At the beginning, it's 18 feet wide and it's knee deep. Deep. It gets to its widest part in Bina, Minnesota at 11 miles across. It's known as the mighty Mississippi because on average it averages a mile across in the entire length of the river. It's 2,340 feet long. At its deepest point it gets deep in New Orleans at 200 feet deep. It's a pretty deep river. But that's not what's important about that river. Because if you zoom out on the map and you look at the river... It does not flow to the Gulf of Mexico in a straight line. But it curves like a snake. And guess what it does? It goes through cities. It goes through small towns, mid-sized towns. It goes through wooded areas. It carves a path if need be if there's not a path. And the reason why it does this is because it's got one destination in mind, and that's the Gulf of Mexico. It may have started small, but it's going to end powerful. It may have started weak and looking anemic, but when it gets done, this river is going to be so big. This river is going to be so large that there'll be documentaries about it. People will have their picture taken by it. People will be mesmerized by it. They'll fish from it. They'll play on it. They'll swim in it because the river is a provider. People will do all they can just to get to this river, just to see this river. And I say that to compare it to the Spirit, and that is simply this. Do not mistake. I felt this this morning while praying and studying. Do not think, well, I'm the only one in my family. I've got nothing to offer. My family's looked down on me for years for being this apostolic Pentecostal. Hear this 36-year-old preacher right now. You may have started small, but you're a part of a river right now that's so big, it's so large, hell can't stop it, the devil can't put it out. I'm telling you today, folks, we're a part of something right now that's so large, that's so big. You know what's crazy? It's hell. It's scared to death of the river. You want to know why? Because the river is the one God. James said, guess what? You believe there's one God? Good job, bud. You do well. So does the devil. And guess what he does? He shakes in his boots. And you know what scares hell to death? 
is when you, and I'm going to get ahead of myself because I feel something right here. You know what scales hair, scares hell to death? Is when you, ma'am, is when you, sir, when hell has beat your brains out, out and hell has told you, why don't you just take a side trip and die off in an old swamp somewhere, an old marsh somewhere, and become stagnant and cold. And there's something inside of you that tells you, just keep on going. Just keep on pressing. And all of a sudden, your faith begins to rise. And how does faith rise? I'll tell you how it rises. Romans 10 told us, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God and my faith stands in power and in demonstration of his word what do you mean I was 10 years ago in a trailer house in Jasper Texas on the verge of committing suicide I was at the end nobody knew but me but God in that living room about 3 in the morning walked in that place and I told that dirty snake this is the last day you mess with me this is the last day that's been 11 years ago and the river's still flowing the river's still going why because the river does doesn't fear hell. God sent me to tell somebody today, whatever you do, don't get out of the river. Stay in the river. There he is. There he is. There is a river. And that river has got all power in heaven and in earth. That river is the ancient of days. Hello. And that river lives on the inside of you. And that river can dissolve depression. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can dissolve depression in your life. The Holy Ghost can dissolve oppression in your life. That river can take the addiction that you can't seem to overcome. And in one instance... Can set you free. Well, I don't believe all that. Well, too bad you don't believe that. I'm, an, I'm a participant. I'm a result. I'm a testimony that the river works. That river can go to people's houses that you think are unreachable. I'll prove it to you. Everyone said this isn't Bible. This happened to me now eight weeks ago. Holy Ghost spoke to me on a Sunday morning. He said, I want you to preach a message entitled, Pray Again. That's from Elijah. The Bible says he prayed again. The rain came, right? I preached it. Great service. Nobody moved. And I was pretty mad. <laughs> Went home, stressed out. Jenna has to be my, my, my consoler. It's going to be okay. God's with you. That was on Sunday morning. Monday night. We had prayer meeting, corporate prayer. I'm praying to church. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, pray for Katie Robinette again. Katie Robinette left the church seven years ago. Backslid, got hurt. Her husband left. Her sister left. Their husband left. It was a bad deal. Nothing to do with the church. Just some family stuff happened. And it really hurt their family. I said, now God, this is, this is Brad. Now God, I've prayed for them a thousand times. I've sent them text messages. I've sent them on Facebook Messenger. And not one response. But the Holy Ghost again said, I told you. You pray again for Katie Robinette. I said, okay. So I did my little Pentecostal prayer. Oh, God, I ask you to touch Katie, touch Donald, touch Carrie, touch Johnny. God, save their souls. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I went home. Wednesday morning I wake up. Wednesday morning, two days later. There's a message on my phone from Katie Robinette to my wife and I. 
She says, I just want to know what, what time are your services during the week? And I thought, man, I guess God does speak. <laughs> and uh, so I just, I sent her back. It still ain't clicked in my, my brain that God's on the prowl and that God's moving. I just sent her back, hey, Sister Katie, services on Sunday at 10 and 11, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Wednesday night, 12 hours later, Katie, Robinette, after seven years, walks in the church. I thought, my God, Katie's here. And it was funny because the message I preached that night was reaching just for a backslider, someone who walked away. And I wonder, why am I going to preach something when everybody's saved tonight? Katie walked in that night, hear me tonight, eight weeks ago. Katie came to the altar when service finished. I'm praying for Katie. Katie is praying back through and the Spirit of God is moving through her. She's speaking that heavenly language. And as my hand is on her head, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, Don't you remember Monday night when I told you to pray again? He said, Son, what you prayed for is right now under your hand. Hear me right now. The Holy Ghost spoke to me let me know something. That the river that's been seeming like it can't get to your lost kids. That can't get to your mom and daddy. And you thought they would never darken the doors. You hear this preacher. That same river that you got. I believe in Jesus name. If you would speak again. God can send that river to the hardest of hearts. And God can break up the fallow ground. This is crazy. She said brother Brad. She said, God's been speaking to me for months about coming back to his house. That was eight weeks ago. Her sister, two weeks later, for the first time in seven years, walked in the house on a Sunday morning, and the Holy Ghost nailed her. She fell back in the floor talking in tongues. The next service, her husband came back to church after seven years. Two weeks ago, I'm preaching. I preached my guts out. It's pretty dead, pretty cold. Nothing happening. I gave an altar call. That's just what preachers do. I didn't even see Donald walk in the back of the church. He didn't even hear my pretty message. But he came in and he didn't only stop at the pew, but he walked right to the front. And when I laid my hands on Donald, he doubled down and the Holy Ghost got a hold of him. Can I tell somebody right now, you may feel like it's damned up in their life, but the Holy Ghost can send the river wherever he pleases, whenever he chooses. There he is. A river. Everyone said don't give up. Everyone said don't stop. Anybody remember how long it took for God to get a hold of some of you? Anybody? Anybody besides me hard-headed? Anybody besides me stubborn? There's been times God had to work me over. Do you know, I don't want to get on a side tree here, do you know the Bible when it says that there wrestled a man with Jacob? Remember the Bible says the Bible, the angel wrestled with Jacob to the break of day? That word wrestled, you know what that means? That, wrestle, that word wrestled means he, he set him straight what it means. He rebuked him in a sense. He set him straight. There's been a many a days the Holy Ghost, the river, had to set me straight. But hear me today. If you will yield to the river, if you will yield to what it's doing in your life, if you will not resist what the Spirit is trying to do and bring out of you, God can make a masterpiece in the end of your life. You just have to be willing to yield. That river can take out hard-headedness, take out stubbornness, 
can take addiction out of a man or a woman. I'm, I'm, for, I'm for every rehab. I'm for every AA group. I'm for every Christian counselor, counselor, as long as they're wholesome. I'm for that stuff. But you hear me today. There's nothing like one touch of the Spirit of God. I've seen hard men who people said they'll, they'll never change. I've seen them melt under the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen ladies who I thought they would never darken the house of God. In one service, God turned them around and God healed their marriage and God put their lives back together. Hear me somebody right now. I'm feeling the Spirit today. God can put it back together. God can bring the pieces back together. The river has a way of doing things in your life if you will but submit to the flow of the river. There's healing in this river. There's strength in this river. There's deliverance in this river. This river has whatever you need. And I'm closing. If someone come to the music, I've come to what I want to preach to you today. This morning, got up, was praying, thinking about this service again. Sat down at the computer and was fixing to type some more notes. And I begin to feel a direction today. And I, I'm not going to preach to everybody at the end of this service. But I'm going to preach to somebody today. Who I know that you have not forsaken God. I know you've not given up on God. But I'm preaching to somebody today that your faith has come under tremendous attack. And the enemy of your soul has done and is doing all that he can to stop the flow of the river in your spirit. I'm preaching to somebody today that your faith seems to be barely standing. I'm preaching to someone today to that where there once was a mighty river, now it seems there's but a, a trickle. And it used to be so easy to pray. And it used to be so easy to worship and nothing would stop you. But now it feels like there are weights on you that are weighing you down. Now I need you to hear me today because I'm not going to say what you think I should say right here. I'm gonna, I need you to hear me. Before the river can heal you, before the river can set you free, you have to address the issue. I know they hurt you. I know they did you wrong. I know what they said wasn't right. I know you got the short end of the stick. I know you feel like you were abandoned and it caused you to become bitter and even angry. And in the process of all of this, you felt yourself begin to shrivel, so to speak, and die. And I've done the same thing. I'm not preaching to something right now that I haven't been through. Where I prayed and said, God, it feels like what I used to have has now disappeared. And the issue was, wasn't the flow. It wasn't that the river wasn't powerful. It was just simply I allowed bitterness to creep up in my spirit. And every time I saw it sprung up. The Bible says bitterness be careful lest it defile many around you. And I saw that spirit brother Griffith. Here I was trying to pastor a church. Trying to preach to others. Who I felt had did me wrong. Not in my church but outside. Who I thought well, it wasn't fair. And I found myself in battles begging God, God set me free. God set me free. And the Lord's still working on me saying, son, the issue is not that I can't do it. It's not that the river's gone. The issue is, is the thing. What is it? 
Is it bitterness? Is it regret? Is it condemnation? Condemnation will kill a person. You know that. Scripture says it's powerful. The scripture says in Romans 8, 1, There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And lots of people live their lives half in and half out because they're condemning themselves for things they, can't over, they can never do over again. And they're saying things like, God, if I'd have just done it different, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. If I'd have just done things different, this would not be over me like a cancer. And that spirit, night in, night out, day in, day out, he wears on your mind and on your spirit. And all of a sudden, Brother Griffith, what used to be a mighty river, it's just a stream. And I've been in services, brother, where I've told the Lord, Lord, why is it that it seems like everybody around me is being blessed but me? I've been in services where I have prayed, God's my witness. I prayed, God, if you're still with me, would you please send somebody to tell me you're still here? And all I got was silence. It seemed like the heavens had shut. It seemed like God had just walked out and left me. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me coming up here. I'm telling God's my witness. We were listening to a podcast with Sister Bonnie Marshall. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, tell someone in this church, I'm not hiding from them. But tell them, you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. You will find me when you let me deal with the issue that you don't want anybody else seeing. You want the river. You want the flow. You want what you used to have, but you just can't let go of what they did. And anger, regret, condemnation eats you alive. But the Holy Ghost sent me to tell you, I'm telling you, if you will surrender it all today, if you will but give me a chance, if you will open the doors, you know, you say, well, he knows what's in my heart. Yeah, he does. But God is a gentleman. He'll never embarrass you. He'll never force himself on you in an angry way. But in love, he will come to you. And the Bible says this is what he'll do. Why is God knocking on the door? He knows my frame. He made me. Behold, I knock. If any man hears my voice, if they'll just open the door, I'm going to come in and I'm going to sup with him. What is he saying? He's saying, I know you're bitter, but open the door of hurt and let me address it. And the Holy Ghost told me to tell someone this morning, you need to forgive it and let it go. I said, forgive it and let it go because they're not in prison you're in prison. Famous story. Famous magician. Got a straight jackets, and I'm closing. Let's all stand. Out of handcuffs. Out of anything. Houdini. There was a jailer in England who told Houdini, we've got something you can't break out of. We have something that we know that we've, we've mastered something that you can't break out of this one. Houdini traveled, went to England, went in the jail cell. They put him in handcuffs, straight jackets, hung him upside down, shut the door. They said within minutes, Houdini had freed himself, the straight jacket, the handcuffs, and he was working on the lock at the door. 
History says he worked for hours at the door. They said beads of sweat popped off his head because of frustration that he couldn't open the door. Finally, in frustration, he told the jailer, I give up. And he leaned against the door. And when he did, the door opened. And the man said, Sir, the reason you couldn't open the door is because you were trying to pick a lock that wasn't locked. Had you have just opened the door, you could have got out. And the Holy Ghost sent me to tell someone this morning, you've been trying to open this door, you've been trying to get out, and you're thinking, oh God, I'm bound forever. I said, no, you're not bound forever. Just open the door and let me deal with the issue. Stop, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Stop blaming everybody else. I've heard it. You don't know what they did. My God, let go of that today. There is a river. Bible says whereof the streams of God make glad that city. That's all, type, that's all types and shadows. When he says that, he's speaking of the church. Paul said we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said I, I can make glad in your life bro, everything that's been destitute. I can bring healing. What's Ezekiel's river say? You read the story of Ezekiel. The Bible says he brought him to waters, to his ankles, to his knees, to his waist. And there was some up he couldn't swim in them. And the Bible says that river, when it got done, it emptied in the Dead Sea. And there was healing for the nations. There was fish where there wasn't supposed to be fish. Why? Because the river got loose again. And there's people in this house, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost, you don't understand that even though you're bottled up some things, when you release it, there's going to be healing that's released from you. That's going to heal your kids. That's going to heal your husband. That's going to heal your family. I say today, give God your last excuse. He saw it all. He knows it all. And he wants to know, can you just let me have access to that door one more time today? What if we all just bow our heads right now? Lord, I thank you for the river that I feel in Paris, Texas today. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for your presence that I feel in such a mighty and in a powerful way today. I ask you in the name of Jesus that that river, God, would find somebody today who feels like their faith is at the end, who feels like, God, if you don't come through, I'm just one step away, God, from ending it and giving up and walking away. God, I need you, Lord. I know you sent me there to tell somebody the river wants to flow again. Just to give me access one more time today. Come on, somebody. It's 11.24. I know you're typically out by 11.30 or 11.45. I wonder if we could all today, if you feel appropriate doing so, could we all just come today? You can find a place to kneel, find a place to stand. And if you need God to help you today, I want you just to open the door and trust God again. If you don't have the Holy Ghost today, the river can flow to you today. Come on, just repent of your sins. Ask Christ to forgive you. He'll forgive you. The man of God will baptize you. God will feed you with His Spirit. You'll speak in a heavenly language. Come on, somebody. There is a river. There is a river. There is a river today. That's it, somebody. Let go of the hurts. Let go of yesteryear today. Come on, somebody. I rebuke the spirit of depression today, oh God. I rebuke condemnation today, oh God.
in the name of Jesus. But I've seen you do things I can't explain. Water is coming to the thirsty. Though you are empty, I am the well. Draw from me, I will provide. Sing, sing, oh barren land. Water is coming to the thirsty.